All right. I think we got it this time. <laughs> Yay. All right. So let me see because I have some notes here for what we can talk about. Okay. So, all right. So I'm just going to go ahead and introduce you in any, like I said, mishaps or anything I can always cut those out <laughs> okay so all right everyone we have Jasmine Denae here today she is the creator of the total mothering chronicles and um we're just gonna hear a little bit about what she does so Jasmine just tell us a little bit about what the total mothering chronicles is and um are you actually a doula I am I am okay. a postpartum and birth doula. I am mm-hmm. studying right now to um, add full spectrum support to the type of work that I'm mm-hmm. able to offer. I mm-hmm. started the Total Mothering Chronicles with the intention of kind of trying to make some sort of collective because I know for myself I can't do everything but I have a lot of like enthusiasm about the stuff that I want to do or I want to have happen so I wanted Mm -hmm. to make a business structure that is kind of like a hub but at the same time that has its own structure for support and inviting Mm -hmm. the whole concept is to kind of like build and support the village and everybody's village looks different so the whole point of a collective is to have those kind of options so that this way if this isn't what you need there might be something else still within this realm that we're able to kind of point people towards right so are you trying to like add on like other doulas or midwives or you know other people to um assist you with that like if someone needs something that you're not able to do they can reach out to one of them instead correct so I don't want it to be a situation where like I'm kind of um freelancing people or like sending people to right. do those things but I do want it to be a situation where like okay maybe this doula or this midwife has their own business right and because they already have like a director exactly because they have their own right. structure maybe they have availability but it would be communicative so I'm actually talking to you or reaching out to you like hey for the month of March I need backup support are you able to do that or are you looking for postpartum clients things like that so that this way it's a bit more holistic the other thing is having a birth work business and having small kids is kind of challenging in and of itself so having people who also have small children or understand that concept to build on that actual support system is really really good I've been able to meet other birth workers who potentially uh, offer child care services and things like that so just something that that it's not like you know you're searching all over the place to kind of find something reputable or something you can trust right no I definitely understand that and um where are you located because um my sister, she she's a doula and placenta encapsulation um, specialist, and she um, let me see, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, she basically is 
everything that you're describing. She has five kids. They're all boys. And she she knows exactly what it's like to have this kind of business and, you know, how hard it is to be available all the time. Right. She's, um, she's in Connecticut, actually. I'm in Mesa, Arizona. Okay, okay. Oh, you did tell me you were in Arizona. Duh, time <laughs> difference. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I definitely get it. Um, we talk about that all the time as far as her, like only being able to take a certain amount of clients every month because she can't just up and go, you know, to someone's birth or to pick up someone's placenta or whatever it is. Right. So, but she actually does have a team in her community where she can't do something. She goes, hey, I have a placenta client. Can you go? grab that placenta for me or can you go be this person's doula or you know something like that so yeah I definitely get it and it's a I think it's a great idea how long um ago did you start this I started my business structure about a year ago and I started navigating the idea of birth work like after I had my son I really didn't have an idea of like what that was or what it meant until Mm -hmm. I had him and he's about eight now so it's been a while and I've been like kind of dabbling in and out of different arenas of birth work before I identified Mm -hmm. what a doula was like I did volunteer work with the La Leche Mm -hmm. League before I left New York I worked for WIC I volunteered with like nurses family partnerships so all of these like different places that kind of offer similar support I was able to navigate and within that that's when like somebody was like oh uh if you're going to the hospital and helping moms you're like a doula I'm like okay so what's the doula what is that right (laughs) it took a while before I actually you know like took it serious and tried to turn it into a business or give it a title for myself and feel comfortable telling Mm -hmm. other people that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I got lucky with my first um, baby. Well, she's not a baby anymore. She'll be 15 in April. Mm-hmm. But um, I I don't even remember how I found out about midwives. Um, at the time, I was living in North Carolina, and I ended up getting a midwife, which I think is the best thing to do when you're a first-time mom. Yes. Um, especially because, you know, these doctors, I, I could go on all day about <laughs> these doctors and scaring first time moms into trying to, you know, have C-sections and, and using them for no reason. And it's just crazy. So I think I, I got lucky um, when I got a midwife. But I will say, um, had I known more more about those types of things then I probably would have looked into getting a black midwife because even though I had a midwife and it was great she kind of didn't really give me everything that I needed right as far as being a new mom and I think had I had a black one she would have been more willing to give me all of the information and tools that I needed, especially for breastfeeding. I hadn't, I didn't even know lactation consultants existed and I kind of just winged it. I winged it and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she didn't tell me, she didn't tell me anything. She was just like, in a way she was kind of shocked. I was 18 year old 
mother and she I, I think my age and because I was black she was shocked that I said I'm breastfeeding right and she but she didn't give me any information after that it was like oh you're breastfeeding okay there wasn't oh here's these resources you can go here if you need assistance I didn't get any of that right right you know so I think it's really important um for moms to have these resources and, and I can appreciate the fact that you are providing, you know, resources for people to um, get this type of information. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's definitely important to be able to have like caregivers and support and like places that you can go to where like you identify with the people who are offering these services. And it's not to say that, you know, people who aren't of color aren't able to but there's a certain level of relation and a certain level of understanding that we're looking Mm -hmm. for in these types of qualities of care like one thing that I notice a lot just in my area and in this realm just in general is Mm -hmm. how much I feel like medical professionals take advantage of the fact mm-hmm. that black people don't have that great nutrition like standing right right so there's just yep. this level of complete negation for the fact that potentially mm-hmm. we can change some of these issues with a diet change and it's like oh okay well right. here's this medication or we can try this and the very yep. last pamphlet is always something to do with nutrition so it's very you know like it's just these very subtle cultural differences that absolutely. could be addressed absolutely absolutely i i completely agree and um my background is is in the medical field. Um, I was in the medical field for about eight years and I've done everything from, um, you know, working in places with people with who have um, drug and alcohol addiction to women's health. I've, I've done it all and I've seen a lot. And, you know, I don't think that a lot of people realize the lack of uh, resources that we have, especially as um black women and you know when it comes to to nutrition and women's health so i think it's really important that we we you know we continue to put these things out there because you know it we it our lives depend on it right <laughs> you exactly know what i mean that. our children's lives depend on it and if we can't do better if we don't know better and if we don't know then you know we we just unfortunately sometimes when we don't know um we can see how that affects everybody, especially into adulthood. I don't think people realize that um, there are a lot of adults who walking around um, being the way that they are because of the lack of information that their parents had. You know, so. This is very true. I think that something else that comes into play with that is having options, right? Because there's Mm -hmm. so many different doctors and just like you said, midwives and just Mm -hmm. resources in general. But like for a lot of us, it's just word of mouth, what we know or what other people have done. And that's not an option. You know, that's just where we're going. So that's something else I would like to work on developing in my business Mm -hmm. model for the total mothering chronicles having it be 
a non-judgmental place for the collective right. options like you don't have right. to just go with your first option don't feel desperate or pressured into using any service right you know right right it's like I tell people if 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 you um you know when you research you research everything except for your doctor right people don't do that it's always and after it took the me, fact, right? Right, exactly. When you find out something, it's like, oh, I wish I would have. No, do the research first because this is, I mean, this is literally your life. Your life is depending on your research to find what is going to work for you. And um, I can't lie. It took me a while while I was pregnant with my son in 2016 to find the doctor that I wanted for me and it was funny because I'm looking through this book and I'm like these doctors and this is a little strange but I'm looking at the names the names alone I was like no right <laughs> like I feel like I feel a connection with the name so I'm looking at the names and I and I randomly just my eyes just were it was they were drawn to this one particular name and I said I'm gonna call this place and it happened to be uh maybe about 15 minutes down the street so I call and I finally meet this doctor and he had been doing this for, for years. I can tell he he had been doing this for so long because he was almost robotic. He came in the room. He talked to me. He almost didn't even look me in my eyes. And he was just looking at his paper, checking off stuff, doing this, doing that. And um, Dwight, my significant other, was like, I don't like him. He didn't even look at you. And I said, no, I know what happened. He's been doing this for so long that he's so used to, to to doing and saying these things that he was just in and out and it was quick for him. I said, watch, watch it be different next time. And we went the next time and he sat down and he talked to both of us. He asked us what we wanted and, and things like that. And he was very detailed. And I said, see, I told you. Uh -huh. <laughs> I said, I knew it. I knew it. And even though he, you know, was an OB, I told him I wanted a home birth and he was like, if that's what you want, then that's what you're going to do. He was like, I don't make home visits, but if you ever need to come to the hospital, I'll be there to deliver the baby. And he was all for me breastfeeding and not doing that's epidural excellent. and no meds or anything. And, and I knew, and, and I kept telling Dwight, I was like, see, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, I chose him specifically because I felt the connection when I saw his name and I was right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's important that we, we do our research when we are looking for healthcare providers, including midwives, you know, because everybody is not in it for the care exactly. that they're supposed to. And just like you said, following that instinct too, like if you have a mm -hmm. feeling going with that and trying to navigate what that actually is, like I think that right. has a lot to do with allowing yourself to be in tune with yourself too, right? Because there's so many distractions right. it's just in general right? with life yeah. and kids and trying to navigate adulting, right. <laughs> like allowing yourself to really experience things and like question like, hey, you know, is it this just like you said is he going through something in this very moment is this like you know right. just the introduction of it the next time right. he might be more receptive for whatever that reason was you know mm -hmm. but that just showed right. you his true character which is cool right super right. cool right and like you said um you know just be in tune with yourself and and ask a lot of questions I don't think that um 
you know, people think to ask if there are any other options because I was surprised to, to know or to find out that a lot of people didn't realize that there were more than one option for pain relief for birth. You don't have to get an epidural. Right. There are other places. And, you know, so, it, and, it, and it seems scary to, it seems scary. It is scary for people to think that there's only one way and that's it. Right. You know, and, Absolutely. you know, I, scared for us as a people because you know it's it's sad that we you know many of us don't know that these options are out there nobody's telling us but us so we have to (laughs) we have to we have to speak for each other yeah we have to do it for each other and lift each other up just the same way because you're right there are so many options so many options that people just don't know about or have an understanding for Aside from, like, of course, like the birth aspect of it, breastfeeding is definitely something very important to me. And you hear so many horror stories and untruths and half truths when it comes to breastfeeding, too. It makes upset. I think (laughs) when I was my son, that's when I decided to become a lactation educator because I was like, um, you know, at that time, I was learning more than I knew, way more than I knew when I was pregnant with my daughter. I didn't know anything back then. I didn't right. even know that um, breast pumps existed. I mean, I was literally holding a bottle over one nipple and nursing her on the other because I'm like, How, what am oh, I going to do? mama. <laughs> I mean, I, I had no, I didn't know what hand expression was. I was. And I was literally doing these things without knowing that those were things. Right. You know, right. I didn't know nursing were a thing I was sticking socks in my bra uh washcloths in my bra like girl I was winging it I'm telling you I was <laughs> winging for a whole year and I was just like oh my gosh I was kind of relieved when it was over so this time around 11 and a half years later when I had my second kid <laughs> I was like not this time I'm learning everything that I need to know and then you know I studied and um now you know, I'm the one helping people like, no, 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 don't do that. This, this, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, trying to educate as much as I can, despite the fact that there's so many um, false right. things around as far as breastfeeding is concerned, like you said, you know, so it's just crazy. There are, and they try to make it seem like, you know, bottle feeding or anything except for breastfeeding is like the easier option and it's not to knock it but it's not like the thought process is really what the blockage is if you think it's easier to fix a bottle then it is and that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. but not in retrospect to knocking breastfeeding because that's not the the concept you know so it's just a lot of that I've heard ridiculous things just as far as like you know I can't breastfeed because I'm going to eat carbs all day instead like you know like just random stuff to where like that is not going to make you physically impossible (laughs) it makes me so mad like I get really fucking pissed off When I see certain things, I've had to leave a couple of Facebook groups because it was just like, I, I can't. Me too. Can't. Let me tell you Thank about you. those Facebook mom yeah. groups and the advice and the <laughs> lies. 
Yes, it's it's just it's 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 like who told you that? Right. Who the hell told you that that was true? And then no matter how many times you hit them with facts, they don't want to hear it. No. They do not want. And you know that's actually part of the reason why I started my blog is because um I kept seeing so much bad information and my blog actually started off as being a educational blog about mothering parenting uh pregnancy breastfeeding and all of that and then it slowly became a personal blog about myself and my family but that's how it started because I was I was sick of it <laughs> I was sick of it. I was sick of it. It was making me so I had to leave all I actually left all of the mom groups I was in because I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't wow. take it. But I found myself trying to save everybody and I can't save everybody. Right. And I had to come to terms with that. And to come to terms with that, I had to leave those groups because every time I saw some bad information, it was like, no, I have to stop this. Right. <laughs> And I think that's the other part too, right? Like, how do you, you have to still protect yourself and your, your mental state from all of the stuff that you either know better than, or like just are exposed to, because it's crazy. The twilight zone is out there and it's homes on Facebook. Yes. Yes. And, And I hate it because, you know, anybody can make a website nowadays with false information. And it seems like, that's what people find the most. Right. The bad stuff. Right. <laughs> and the scary stories and the birth itself. And when I say birth, I'm talking everything. Breastfeeding, giving birth, being a parent. It's not supposed to be scary. Right. It's not. And I wish that people wouldn't go into it with that thought because I see people who haven't had children yet like, oh my God, it's going to hurt so bad. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. Giving birth is painful. But it's not it's it's not always as bad as people make it seem. Yeah, some people have some traumatized birth situations where, you know, they're near death because something went wrong. Right. We're not saying that nothing went wrong. But this is supposed to, I mean, it's not, it's not a medical condition in a bad way. Because right. before the doctors and everything came along, what were we doing? We were giving birth at home and our sisters or aunt or a cousin or somebody was a midwife. Yep. Come over. You birth the baby. You guys get fixed up or whatever happens and it's right back to normal to do. And and that was normal. That was normal. In this (laughs) one of my favorite movies and the color purple when she literally uh, delivered her sister's baby. That's how it was, you know, and she was was fine. And it wasn't until these doctors, these men at that got involved (laughs) and we started having issues, you know, and nothing about the cause, the intent or anything at all. (laughs) You can't even feel what we feel. You can't even tell us how to feel what we feel because you you're a, you're a man which is it, it's funny because and I say that at the same time that I say I I nowadays anyway I prefer a male doctor because I find that male doctors are actually a little more gentle why me. is that like this is well, 
the craziest thing ever. Like you're probably the fifth person that has told me the exact same thing. That is the craziest thing ever. The female nurses or doctors come in and they want to check you and they're shoving their fingers up there. Right. What the fuck are you like? What is wrong with you? I had a really rough vaginal ultrasound once by a female. Like, why is that happening? Yeah. And then the guys come in and not to say that they're they're in no way being sexual. This is not what I'm saying, people. So don't get me right. Right. I think because they know that they have to be gentle when it is time to be sexual, that they are male doctors are gentle when it comes to women's health. So when they are the ones who are checking you, they, they're not jamming their fingers inside. They're literally like really careful because they don't want to hurt you. Right. So I think that that plays a part in why I prefer a male doctor because I think they kind of know that they can hurt us. Right. Whereas, and I kind of caught myself because I'm like, gosh, I'm kind of almost doing what female uh, healthcare providers do because I find like, um, even when <laughs> like, this is maybe TMI, when I go to the bathroom and I find myself like wiping extra hard and I'm like, why the hell am I doing <laughs> And I'm like trying to make sure that I'm clean, but I don't have to be as harsh with myself. Right. <laughs> and I think it's because we have one, we kind of know that we can be harsh with ourselves. Right. And they don't really take advantage of it. it. <laughs> they don't, so they don't realize that they're doing it to us. And it's like, hey, like, chill. <laughs> right. You that know, so I think sense. Yeah. So that's 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 my take on it anyway I don't know maybe they just is like oh fuck this let me just get this over <laughs> but I do kind of think that because we can be rough with ourselves and and because most times it's not gonna hurt if we're doing it to ourselves but when somebody else is doing it I don't think they realize that it's like okay that's a little uncomfortable and you're being a little rough right chill out you know so that's the only thing that makes sense to me anyway <laughs> no that does make sense though But I find like definitely, I would say maybe male doctors and then Mm -hmm. maybe female doctors or definitely the nurses are a little bit rougher. But I think that just goes back to like, I would prefer a midwife, that original (laughs) thought process and statement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because they tend to be more, I think because midwives are, um, Oh, what am I looking forward to say? Um, because they're a little bit more on the natural side of things. Yes, they are holistic, completely right. holistic teachers right. and caregivers, educators. Right. The whole concept is way Absolutely. more full than the concept right. of the specialties in medical care. It's like they're there essentially to treat something. And it's not to say that it's not their fault because they adapted to it. But, you know, you you can only Mm -hmm. fault them for so much when they are taught to treat this like it's a condition. They have to do something or their job is completely obsolete. Like they have to do something. So what you have to do as the patient is let them know 
what they can do. Tell them what they can do. Let them know what you don't want them doing. Tell them exactly what you did with your doctor, like what you want, what you don't want. They'll tell you what they do and what they don't do. That is the the facilitation that I like to to try to have with my medical team. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, one of the bigger issues is that um, a lot of people don't realize that they have a voice. And I always tell people, I have to make them look at it like this. I said, okay, this is what I learned because even in high school, like health careers was always my major. So I'm not surprised that I actually followed through with being in the medical field. But what I've learned from ninth grade up until now, um, that you have to look at it as an employee-employer relationship. Yes. You are a patient and they are the doctor. However, you or your insurance is paying them. Therefore, they work for you. They cannot tell you what to do. They can suggest. Oh, they can suggest all day long. But at the end of the day, if you don't want something done, they can't do it. And if they do it anyway, you can sue them. They work for you. And a lot of people are like, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. Exactly. They can't make you do anything that you don't want to do. And people get nervous when they take out their, you know, like pen and paper, like immediately, please go ahead. Let's notate some stuff. Let's have this discussion so that this way it's on record and understood why something was refused, why something was questioned, why something was declined. All of that stuff is so essential. Absolutely. I am. Have that at the beginning. Right. When you meet your this is what I want. This is what I want to happen. And if this can't happen, let me know all capital A, capital L, capital L, all of the options that I have if what I want cannot work for whatever reason. Exactly. Don't get, oh, well, this is the only way that it can go because that's not true, you know? So, because let's be honest, when we create birthing plans, it doesn't always go the way we want it. However, have guidelines so that they understand what you don't want. And if what you don't want can't happen for a real reason, then they need to be able to figure out what works best for you and what other option you prefer. Exactly. Exactly. I had one of the, when I was giving birth to my son, because when I, first of all, when I got to the hospital, I was already eight centimeters. And then I got stuck at nine centimeters for hours. And um, my water was actually leaking, um, which is why I ended up going to the hospital. Anyway, it was leaking for um, maybe 12 to 16 hours beforehand and I'm one of the nurses and I hate to say this (laughs) but she was black she was a black nurse and she came in there and she was like I forgot what what she told me that should have been done she was like well if you don't do this your baby's gonna die and I said get the fuck out of my room immediately you can't stay here because first of all I know for a fact that's not true because I have to make it known that I was in the medical field so that they don't try to play me. Oh, now you can't tell me anything because you know, I know better. So don't, so I have to announce that anytime I'm ever in a situation where I'm in a hospital or something like, Oh, I'm this. So don't try to come in here and tell me. Yes, ma'am. And second of all, how fucking dare you literally, even if that was true, you don't say that. (laughs) 
in that way anyway. Oh, your baby's going to die if you don't do this. No, bitch. No. <laughs> you got to go. True. You can't stay here. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and I never, I said, don't have her come back in my room again. And I never seen her again. I don't even remember what her name is. I don't care. She had to go. See, all way too common. The other thing, too, I'm constantly telling people you have to, aside from trust yourself, be able to advocate for yourself. Are you, you know yourself better than anybody else on this planet. You have been with yourself since the very beginning of your time. So knowing yourself, you know when something isn't right, you know what you're comfortable with, you know what you're not, separate the, the, you know, maybe the fears or the anxieties, the unrealistic thinking from logical thinking, they can't steer and drive your life. So don't allow them to think that even in a hospital setting, you don't have to do anything, ask them and have them explain. Yep. Yeah, because that's that's what they're good at. That they is what they definitely they're good are, especially for first time moms, you know. And and I'm I'm sad for them when I see things happen, and it's not until after the fact, and sometimes it's a couple of days after when they're home and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I wish I would have blah blah blah." And 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 I can't lie, sometimes some of these same people are the people that I've told. Or given this information to when they didn't. Right. And then it's always, I wish I would have listened. And I don't, and and I never say, I told you so, but in a way I'm kind of like, yeah. Right, right. That's the (laughs) hardest part too, right? Because like, I want to be super, super compassionate to the fact that you're experiencing something, but at the same time. Oh, girl, I definitely said something. Right. Because, you know, and, and if you know me as well as you think you know me, you know, I'm not going to tell you anything that I think is wrong. Right. You know, and if you know me as well as you think you know me, you know, I did my research. And if you know me as well as you think you know me, you know that if I don't know something, I'm going to say, I don't know. And I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm going to tell you to go research it yourself because I don't know the answer to that. But if I'm telling you something that I know is going to help you in your birthing experience, please listen to me. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, because things could always be a lot different than they turned out. And that actually happened um, as recent as last year. Um, somebody that I've known almost her whole life, she was having a baby. She came to me and she was asking me, every question under the sun about birth and breastfeeding and everything. And I gave her everything. I gave her links to my blog and she did the complete opposite. And ended up having not only a C-section, but they stuck that two ounce bottle of formula in his mouth after he was born. And I was like, jeez. Wow. Yeah. I was just, I, I, I didn't even say anything. I just was, reading posts and scrolling just shaking my head and I was like well there goes that yeah Yeah. and see those are the moments that I'm trying to figure out how to make Mm -hmm. into better educational opportunities like how do you take this that can be completely perceived as like a loss like you know you definitely just took this potential L you just experienced 
expanded all of this information and gave yeah, all this it, time. It, hurts. it does. It hurts. So, like, how do you turn that into like, you know, something where you don't feel like you have to charge it to the game? Like it's not right. a complete because, hell. Right. Because it, it hurts and it it hurts and it makes you sad and then angry at the same time because it's like, geez, I just wasted all my time giving you all this information that you needed. Right. And you didn't listen to me. And then it's sad because it's like the baby is affected. Exactly. Immediately. And the baby doesn't know any better. Right. You know, so it's just, it hurts. <laughs> and I was hurt, which is also kind of why I kept my mouth closed afterwards, because I was just like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to let her do her thing. And oh, by the way, he just had a, a birthday um, a couple of days ago. He just turned one. So like I said, this happened a, a year ago. So, I mean, he's he's fine, of course, but I know that things could have been better for her experience and his experience for the first few months of his life. You right. know, so it is what it is. <laughs> you know. It is. All right, Jasmine. So I think that that was all we would wanted to cover today, unless you wanted to add something before we go. Um, I don't have anything specific. Thank you so much for your time and the chance oh, no to problem. chat with you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love doing this. I'm going to do it more often. Um, but all right, everybody. So that was Jasmine here giving us the inside scoop of her goals for her business. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week for another interview with another mompreneur. Um, see you guys later. All right, Jasmine, that was it. And of course, I'm going to cut this part out so nobody hears us talking. Okay. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to give you, let me see, because next week is going to be, I think my sister's is airing next week. It's the 17th. Um, I think I may go ahead and post yours the following Friday. Um, so I'm going to... Um, I'm going to send you your flyer with the date on it and everything so that you can go ahead and post it. Okay. I right. appreciate you. No problem. I wanted to tell you, too, um, before we get mm -hmm. off, I don't know if you remember, because we were pregnant around the same time with our little girls. Mm -hmm. You helped mm -hmm. me. Like, you're the reason why I've been able to, like, post stuff on the Internet. I've been super scared very nervous really? yes you talked to me Why? I had no pregnant mom friends and I would just email you and you were so sweet to me like so kind so nice like I've been able to connect with your sister and enroll in her okay. placenta encapsulation course like I've been able oh, to do a lot of different things just because I was able to meet you. So I really, really right. appreciate you. Oh, no problem. That I think I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. Like I'm so reserved and extremely like to myself. And I was just yeah. telling you, no, like, I, you know, like, I like I like gardening, but like I kill everything. And you were like, girl, I garden. Like, that's what I do. I was like, oh, my Man, God. Listen, like my sister, oh, all day, every day, my sister is like, I killed this, I killed that. And I'm like, look, 
this is gardening is a learning experience. You learn as you go. I said, I still kill stuff and I've been gardening since 2014. It happens. Right. And it's fun. You know, now it's fun trying to make something not die and letting it go. Exactly. Right. And once you get the hang of that, you just, you keep trying. And then when you kill the next thing, it's like, okay, I'm going to grow something else and just, Right. You, keep going. So, you know, so. But that's great. That's good though. I was wondering if um you guys had connected. Yes, because of you. I would not know her or about anything she has going on without you. So yes, please. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I know you and I was able yeah. to do this recording with you. It's really cool. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, so we'll, um, I mean, just let me know, like, any other time you want to come on and, like, talk about something, we can definitely make that happen. Okay. It's toys. I'm stepping on stuff, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we can definitely um make that happen and set up another time for you to come on and talk and educate the people because we need it. We really do. For sure. It's seriously a whole process. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Please enjoy the rest of your Thank you. You too. Okay. Talk with you soon. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.